broadcasting from occupied Tongwolin in Long Beach, California. This is Wait, Why Am I Talking Podcast? This is my comrade, Vic. Hey, Vic, how you doing? Uh, I'm alive, surviving, uh, you know, living out my days in Long Beach. How y'all doing? Right on. I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, stress is getting to me, living out my lives, uh, my life. Uh, we got challenges, challenges on our plate. And uh, with me is also uh, my comrade, Jordan. Jordan. What's going on with you? How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Honestly, I'm feeling kind of disoriented by this whole thing. I feel like I'm, to use probably not a good word, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not particularly different from every other day, but in this case, it's particularly disturbing because there's a concentration camp, child prison coming to Long Beach. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for all y'all out there, I'm Miles. Uh, and our discussion topic today on the 11th of april is child prisons in long beach child prisons in long beach so um i know that vic you recently did uh some investigation what's what's the whole context what's going on here so, why why are child children being imprisoned so uh bring it back a little bit we get uh a letter we're in uh, like a signal thread and we're all in dsa long beach and then we get a letter from some coalition partners saying, hey, it's all hands on deck. There's a child prison coming to Long Beach. And that's the first I heard of it, you know? So I start searching on the internet and come to find out that our city council accepted an offer from the Department of Homeland Security to house one of these, quote unquote, detention centers, a.k.a. No, no. Shelter. Shelter. Or my calling bad. it a shelter. Right. A shelter. Detention right. center. Shelter. Unanimously. They approved yeah. unanimously. So everybody on our city council met. I believe it was April 6th. They talked about it. They saw the number of the contract, and they all agreed unanimously to approve the contract. So that means they're going to take 1,000 kids who were, detained, who were separated from their parents. I'm sorry, who came to the border unaccompanied, and then... They're going to process them. And what that processing is, is them sleeping on the floor, uh, space blankets. Uh, we have pictures of some of the, we looked at some videos in our meeting from a detention center in Texas. And it was like, yo, man, you can't tell me this is not a concentration camp. Like, I don't tell me to not believe my lying eyes. I see it and it's fucked up. So, this Vic, is Vic, to- dude, they get five, uh, six by ten cages, man. Come on, please. That's yeah. uh, that's a, that's enough space. A small storage unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're saying it's like they got to do this because you know they got to help the children. They got to. This is their way of helping the children. And to use that as a cudgel by liberals to be like, yo, you need to side with what Joe Biden's doing. It's just like I, that doesn't make sense to me. Anyway any way possible because if the democrats are our political enemy which we know they are so why would we agree with any of their policies coming from the top down from the mm-hmm. federal administration to the state and now down to the local level they're all saying hey this is what we should do how's these yeah kids? championing yeah. championing themselves as uh you know humanitarians yeah right pretty, pretty wild and yo we all know this wasn't always the case what changed? Policies changed. Change those policies back, and we won't have the problem at the border that we, didn't, that we have now. But they don't want to change the policy back. The policy back 
changing the policy back, that would mean taking in migrants, taking in people who claim to have asylum, and just processing them like we always did, right? It says it on the Statue of Liberty. If you feel fucked up, come over here. That's literally the advertising of this country. And We're then, gonna, yeah, they need to change the market. You know what I mean? The US then, if they want to keep exactly. And it's like, yo, you can't expect to have cheap labor, but yet you want to put put these kids in cages. Like it don't go both ways. And there is only, only, only one moral fucking point of view about this. This shit should not exist. There's no like harm reduction. It's either happening or not. Either they're in cages or they're not. We have a process to process them in under 90 days. That's what the law says. They wouldn't write that law and have this law on the books for so long, and now we have a problem. That law of processing kids in 120 days been on the books for years, and we didn't have this problem. Now, all of a sudden, we got this problem? Change the fucking policy. But Joe Biden don't want to change the policy to go back beyond what Barack Obama did. Barack Obama didn't want to seem you know, weak on borders, so to puff his chest up to the, um, to the GOP, he tightened up the border. He militarized the border in a way it never was militarized before. That's Obama's doing. Change the fucking policy, and we won't have this problem. But they won't do that. That's the problem. They won't change their policy. I know there's a lot of talk right now about border security, so let me repeat. Today, illegal crossings are near their lowest level in decades. And if passed, the Senate bill, as currently written and is hidden in the floor, would put in place the toughest border enforcement plan that America has ever seen. So nobody's taking border enforcement lightly. And I want to bring up a, uh, something I feel is important. Like they may even have this policy say, okay, within 90 days, these uh, minors will be paid. And I, and I want to, I want to actually just tackle the issue. They're saying like unaccompanied minors. Okay. That's their, that's their claim. Right. We don't know for certain that that's true. Right. Cause there's no, no trans, there's no, no you know, public information. You know, I think a lot of our listeners know about the opaqueness of our government. Um, so I think we should call into question everything they're they're telling us. Um, and an example of this, you know, they have a policy 90 days, no more than that in detention. But there's so many instances where that's just wrong. San Diego. Um, it's yeah, San Diego. San Diego. Was San Diego had a facility built exactly like for this one to process these kids because there's overflow at the border. And guess what? A year later, it's still operating. It was only supposed to be operation for three months. A year later, there's still children there. That's it. Like, and they're talking. Right. So about, I, 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 go ahead. I, I guess like a, uh, was that the convention center? Minor? Uh, in San Diego. Or was it a separate facility? Cause I know they also recently opened the convention center up. Oh, this is a separate facility that's been open for a year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Like example of something that was supposed to be temporary, but it's still operating now a year later. Right. And, and I like, I think for me and for, you know, my co-host, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but like, it's just clearly unethical, unhumanitarian. Jordan, you've said things in the past, like we have no obligation to harm, reduce harm that's caused by the federal government. Like the federal government, this is in their court. This is their shit. Um, but also it, it's just like, you know, in terms of harm reduction, like there are many organizations that do harm reduction. Um, our chapter, our chapter, the, the mission of DSA is transformative change. Uh, to me, that just means radical change. So from my perspective, anything we're, we're, we're trying to demand, which isn't radical, which isn't taking, yeah, taking a stance that is 
really against the imprisoning of children, the imprisoning of migrants, people that are coming here for asylum. If we're if we're cutting that edge, then we're not really adhering to the principles of democratic socialists of America, from my perspective, in terms of the transformative change, the radical change that we're trying to win. Let me let me clarify before Miles gets me in trouble. Let me clarify a little bit. Like I I agree, but it's like so we'll get into it in a bit. But the the problem is like the response on a, with a lot of left groups in Long Beach has been like harm reduction. Like those who want to do harm reduction, great. Like do your thing. I have no. I'm not going to sit here and like be holier than thou as a person who's participated in mutual aid, right? <laughs> that effectively is harm reduction. Um, but people keep getting caught in the sand trap that when you say, hey, a concentration camp at the convention center is bad, they're like, okay, well, what do we do with the kids? Where do we send them? What do we do? It's like, dude, I don't, I care about the kids, but I don't give a shit about the federal government's problems. Like, yeah, don't fucking drop bombs in South America and like do coups and like, sure, this isn't like a clear, concise two-sentence policy demand, but it's like, you created this fucking problem. Why should a bunch of people come and bail you out just so you can uh, deport more kids like, and keep the cycle going? Like, If our local prison is too full, I'm not going to go down to the local prison and like, you know, like, offer to volunteer for free labor. Like, The prisoners should have space. They just shouldn't be in fucking prison, you know? And we don't need to make it more complicated than that, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's a simple moral... <laughs> It's a simple moral argument, right? It's a simple moral argument. And then it goes back to like, well, why border? What the fuck do you mean border? You mean these people who are probably, who are indigenous to this part of the motherfucking planet for generations upon generations for thousands of years, and all of a sudden they're going through a process of a border. Who brought the fucking border here? The colonizers brought the border here. This shit is systematic. This is just a way of them dealing with like excess folks that they deem lesser than, lesser than their fucking employee, lesser than a worker, like to tr be treated like this. So, and that's what bugs me with like lib groups and Dems in general. They know why the problem is here. They know why the problem is here. And guess who the fuck has a way of handling that problem? That's Joe Biden. That's not by saying, hey, just don't come here. That's saying, yo, we're going to have a um, economic recovery effort for your country. We're going to give your, your country some vaccines. We're going to fucking lift some sanctions around neighboring countries around you. Like, shit like that would stop a fucking influx of folks. And also, yeah, open motherfucking border. People used to come back and forth and just come here to work and go back. Come here to work and go back. That used to be the plan, and that was fine. Even fucking Ronald Reagan gave amnesty in 1986 during my lifetime. And now we're yeah. here putting goddamn kids in cages. Like, yo, Joe Biden, like, yo, you, if that's not a stark fucking difference than what we were doing in 1986, then what's happening now? Yo, something changed. The policies and the attitudes towards these folks where you could have amnesty. Everybody's here. It's fine that you're here. Here's a citizen card, handing him out like it's fucking Oprah, and now all of a sudden, oh shit, we gotta put you in a fucking cage. Here's a space blanket. You gotta get processed. Like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of those migrants got a lot more brown uh, right around uh -oh. when those policies started uh -oh. to get worse. Yep. 
Um, well, I mean, this is a long history, right? We did this to the Japanese too, but let's, right. yeah, many, many different people who have emigrated here. Um, but I want to bring up like a, a, a big point here as socialists too. Uh, capitalists, they want as much freedom of capital as possible. Move uh, your assets out of the country, move your factories out of the country, move your wealth, you know, put your wealth into a Swiss bank or a bank in, in the Caribbean where you don't have to pay taxes. That's cool. But when it comes to the freedom of movement or labor, that's where all the restrictions are coming down. And they use mm. whatever kind of identification they can to justify it to the population here. Oh, these are brown folks from South America. We got we to gotta put a border there. We can't let them in. Like, they want to steal your this job. Is, yeah, they want to steal your job. This, this, what we're talking about here in, in a large way is a humanitarian crisis. And we're also talking about labor rights. We're talking about the rights of workers across the world to be able to have freedom. Um, that, that to me is one of the really important points here in terms and in terms of we brought up some policies of the U.S. imperialist uh, project, the drug war. The drug war uh, has exacerbated to such a degree the crisis that's being experienced and also our historical contribution to climate change. You know, the, these regions, they're heating up, they're experiencing more climate disasters, more difficulty with so food security, more water security, uh, plus all that we've we've carried out coups in Central America and South America. I mean, just the amount of fuckery that the U.S. Imperial Project has committed upon these regions of, of people, these communities of people is, is astounding, is astounding. And, um, you know, we, we, need to, we need to acknowledge the anti-worker nature of everything we're doing, as well as the failed imperialist and, and drug war project. What kind well, of fucking neighbor is the U.S.? Always wants to get high, fucking spewing out fucking smoke, and toxic fumes from their car. Like, how the fuck you live next to this motherfucker? Big <laughs> flags, loud as fuck, <laughs> cooking shitty ass food. It's like, come on. Like, it's like, oh man, it's gotta be so waxed. Like, here, here, have a bud. It's like, I don't even drink, but bud, dude, really? Fucks up your shit. Yeah. So you yeah, have to, exactly. fucks up your house. So you have to go over to their house. I know, to, right? Like, you know, it's, use the fucking bathroom or it's something. It's like, nah, right? nah, nah. You can't have space there. I don't have any space. You live in a mansion. Nah, man. nah there's no space here. Sorry. Nah. Uh, Literally one of nah. the most empty countries on earth besides yeah. like, Siberia. See, oh, my grandfather was here. I know, but God said, this is my house. So. Yeah, God said I have the bigger house and I get yeah, to take yeah. over the neighborhood. Oh, so um, <laughs> we could go on about our uh, opinion all day, but maybe let's back up a little bit on like some of the facts here of like, how is this different? Like, you know, this is a child concentration camp, but it's not the exact same thing the Trump admin was doing or even the Obama admin. So, Vic, you did some research. Can you give us an idea of like, what are the material differences? I we're talking about the changes that happened between like you know the differences between like how trump was doing it and how biden was doing it right so when trump came in he had like these kids in cages he changed the laws where he would separate the parents from the kids and therefore before even trying to hit the border they were doing this in mexico and then they started storing people but here when they got over the border they stored them at ice facilities right and these facilities we've seen them there are concentration camps that AOC was trying to get into, that a bunch of other Democrat politicians were trying to get into. There was severe overcrowding, no health care, no COVID testing or anything. The people taking care of the kids were not nowhere trained to take care of children or anything like that or do any health uh, health care, right? So Biden came in and he changed it. He changed the laws so now that they're not separating kids. 
but they're still taking in unaccompanied minors. And since he came in office, it's been an influx of fucking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of kids. Like, uh, in, in March of this year, right, they took in 15,000 unaccompanied minors at the border in one month, right? So Biden says he needs to change things, and this is how he changed it. He's having the Department of Homeland Security go around and recruit different cities that own buildings to house these kids and to quote-unquote process these kids on a temporary basis. So far, it's happening in San Diego, St. Louis, and Dallas, and now Long Beach signed up for it. So this is going on with, like, Democratic help. This is fully in the Democrats' hands right now. And they're going to expand. Oh, my bad. It's the Health and Human Services. Department of Health and Human Services. Not yeah, and if you security. believe that shit, I got a, a bridge in Brooklyn. That's what I mean. They say, it's like, okay, cool, a different arm of the state. Right? Yeah, a different arm, but when you look at who's working it, it's like Homeland Security. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. They don't have... They're, they're going to have enforcement exactly, along with them. ICE, exactly. Homeland Security, exactly, 100%. Exactly. It's like, it who, for, who, who quote-unquote guards the facility, man? It's, like, who brings the kids in? Who brings them out? It's not HHS. <laughs> HHS is, like, totally yeah. underfund them anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. Bullshit. All that. All that. And what they're doing now, like, the city and whatever government institution, the state or city accepts these kids on behalf of the federal government, they get a fat contract. And now... They get to dole out other subcontracts to different um, nonprofits, to different local orgs to, quote unquote, mitigate some harm. So now through capital, they're drawing in the nonprofit industry into this whole web of fuckery. Right. And, uh, you know, I talk pretty frequently about my problems with the nonprofit industry. And I think this is just an utterly great example of of just. Nonprofits, they can do harm reduction. And I'm going to be real, like Jordan, I've participated in a mutual aid network. A lot of what that does is harm reduction uh, because I believe, you know, a certain amount of harm reduction needs to occur for working class people to, to be political. Um, so I understand harm reduction, but like in terms of, uh, you know, transformative, radical, revolutionary change in the system, it's just this, this is exemplary of how NGOs are really ill equipped to do that. Yeah, and it's it's a tough call to be like, don't help these kids. Right. You know? But you you put yourself in a position yeah. of having relationships with these Dems and being real friendly and having a sort of like a back and forth. And now we get to this point, they're just like, well, we helped y'all. So now this is your time to help us. This is the transactional right. part of their relationship that they're both fulfilling. And it's not good. It's not bringing us closer to socialism, not trying to end capitalism. This is just the status quo that we know is fucking horrible. So it's like, how could you stand for the status quo? And it's, you know, it's it's profitable. This is huge business right now, these contracts. These people, like, dollar bills are ringing through their heads. That's like, if they were like, hey, we're going to have a film credit in Long Beach, bring all these producers down here and start shooting in Long Beach, I'd be like, great, I'm going to get more work. Mm. But that has nothing to do with kids fucking sleeping on space blankets. Hey, hey, we're in the wrong industry, man. Maybe we should be, uh, what do they call them, correctional officers? <sighs> Dude, there's so much. Um, we could get in where we fit in. 
Yeah. Um, DSA, uh, all right, we could do like democratic youth fucking propaganda. Be like, let us in those cages. We'll teach them about Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> To kind of like zoom in on some specifics here, there's an LB Post article. So it's not just like some conspiracy theory we have that like this is like a big collusion of a lot of nonprofits in Long Beach. And just to be clear, when I say nonprofits in Long Beach, I don't necessarily mean like all of them, right? Like there's certain, like we'll get into later, but there's certain left nonprofits like uh, Long Beach Forward, LBIRC, that's the Long Beach Immigrants Right Coalition, other groups who released a letter saying this thing is bad. We can get into whether it's abolitionist or not, but there are a bunch of nonprofits in Long Beach who are literally going to profit and get the contract from it. So specifically, um, the LB Post released an article on Friday about how the mayor, uh, Robert Garcia, quickly rallied support for a migrant shelter at the Long Beach Convention Rally Center. quick. Quick, fast. quick, quick. Yep. Uh, so apparently, they, the White House, called Garcia's office on March 25th. We only started to find out about this in early April, but they've been kicking this around for a few weeks now. Um, they kept this secret until like way later, like five days ago, basically. Basically, he, Garcia, got together and mobilized all his political allies, including uh, they called an emergency city council meeting tuesday right mm -hmm. they had one day of announcement yep. publicly yes uh it says hours before the plan appeared on a city council agenda monday garcia who is close with senior members of the biden administration began rallying supporters a in a private meeting 25 to 30 community groups garcia asked them to speak out and support the proposal and urged the city council to approve the idea so that's actually not true that part it isn't it isn't um well that's true because they considered it monday but the next day on tuesday yeah you you have to sign up for the public speaking slots, which there are only 20 of which, like, days before, basically. So none of us knew this was going to be considered because we had no fucking idea. Nope. Right? Um, they stacked, but, stacked the comments. Right. They stacked it because Garcia told these people before it was public knowledge, yep. which is illegal under the Brown Act, but who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't matter. How right? shit happens in L.A. all the time. Right. Like, the Brown Act is just... The Brown Act is a public... Uh, a, a law that govern, governs public like city council meetings, but it doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't I personally have been kicked out of a council meeting, which is not legal. Right. I, I mean, it's just indicative of how uh, our political class, our political leadership, you know, it's an elite class, right? They, they pick and choose uh, and strategize uh, behind closed doors. And like to go back to the article, like a couple like organizers tried to get in to the mm -hmm. me to meeting to sign up but they couldn't even get in there after because there's like only 20 spots and everyone got pushed out. So by the time it came for public comment on paper, it looks like, hey, look at all the people that support this in Long Beach. Oddly, a lot of them work for nonprofits, though, or allies of the mayor who are going to make money from this. Isn't that weird? <sighs> That's like a quid pro quo, man. straight up. You, you help me, I'll help you. And here's a shitload of money and profits. Here's your priority on all those that contract money. 
make a good comment. Jesus, this article, dude. Like, yeah, this shit is dark, man. Like the psychic yeah. energy, the vibe of just housing <laughs> those kids, like in the middle of your town. Like, you can't just like not. I, I guess the creepiest that. thing about it is like, like, is this how? Like, I, I'm not really a historian, and I don't. I know some things, but not too much about like various ethnic cleansings that have happened in the 20th century. But like, d- like I, I know the Nazis had a lot of propaganda, but like, I don't know if they quite were like. Yeah, we're like really doing this for the Jews. If you think about it, guys, that's why they have to be in the ghetto. You know, like no, I don't know. Are we gonna put either. work? Yeah. will set you free on the convention center sign. Like, what the fuck, man? I yeah, the, the cognitive dissonance is just that's exactly, overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I was... and yeah, I mean they they've effectively spun it. it. It seems like that they've effectively spun it for the majority of the people in uh, in Long Beach. Yeah, I mean, the only person who got a comment was friend of the pod, James Swazo, the executive director of Long Beach Forward, right? Um, he got in there because I think he was already signed up. Like he was, I think he was going to talk about something else. But like, he was literally the only person that was critical of the idea. That's really suspicious on something that like, is pretty fucking controversial, no matter how you phrase it. It's been controversial in every single part of the country. But yeah. when it comes here... It's like no opposition. And just watching the news clip, it's like Garcia's time to shine. He's all over the place talking to different outlets and like giddy about this shit. Yeah, I want to be clear. Like there is definitely opposition. The only way that they were able to get this through with seemingly no opposition was, you know, through dirty deeds. You know, we've we've organized multiple times with other uh, progressive groups in the city for the, the rights of these imprisoned migrants. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a circumstance, which is just dirty all around. And, and, you know, that's why these people, they got to go persona non grata, every single one of these council people unanimously approved by them. Yeah. And miles, you brought up the point without having somebody to run against a person saying, Hey, you, you gotta go is an empty threat. He's like, you got to go or I'm going to go vote for this guy. Who's this guy? Well, he's my friend. So, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, BLM, you know, the whole, they, they don't uh, engage in electoralism. They don't want to have an, a candidate. But the whole summer, the, for years, they've been, you know, echoing the refrain, Jackie Lacey must go. And when did eventually Jackie Lacey go? When there is at least somebody else exactly. to vote for exactly um and and i know you know there's a whole bunch of issues around accountability there's a whole bunch of uh trust issues too and and those are difficult to overcome but you know ultimately i believe that people to replace these credence you know it's a tactic it's got to be a tactic of the left because um and i mean even if you're a revolutionary I think you should under. I believe that even you know this tactic is valuable in terms of a revolutionary agenda, because um, if you're right, if you if if we can't achieve the reform, the radical reforms we want by getting people in, then getting people in should escalate the contradiction, right? Should escalate the contradiction to the institutions where supposedly political representation matters and can change things. So yeah, I just uh, like one of the things that frustrates me is if. If we go into this with a strategy that doesn't include some mechanism to really say, okay, your job's on the line, elected, like uh, I just don't, I just don't, I think like 
to really be powerful in the direct action we do, it's something that's necessary. Yeah. And more and more like coming up against radical moments and moments in history and seeing like how you react, how we react as an organization. It's like, I have a lot of things going on in my life right now, personally. Like I'm trying to buy a house. I'm trying to move out. Rent strike is going on for over a year now. So it's like what I have a lot to do, but they just brought a thousand kids in a concentration camp and said that was okay. Like, when am I going to be like, yo, it's not okay. Like, this is not okay. You know, you didn't defund LBPD. All right. That's not okay. But I didn't do anything about it. So, you know, I protested, but there was no effective threat. Whoever was making those decisions. Well, I, on the local level, it's got to be like, yo, my council person voted for this. It's like, yo, you got to go. Even if I just have to fill out the paperwork, do it all in, and then I get to call you out on this one issue, on this one, one issue constantly, it's got to happen. And I'm thinking about it more and more. So, you know, start looking, running just to be like, yo, what the fuck? You know, I, I hear what y'all are saying. I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I'm a bit like, I, I'm being persuaded, honestly, to your side of this because I, for a while, have have realized that and known that city council is a sham, right? So, like, their public comment process is so fucked now that it, I think it's starting to not radicalize, but show even like the more like mushy, like more center left folks in Long Beach that like this is fucking pointless. Calling these council members, leaving comments, exactly. Like Rob, Robert Garcia's response to this article where it's like talking about how he stacked the agenda which he admitted to at a news conference my so my question is was there was there an effort to kind of stack the deck and support here to push out any possible negative comments um and doesn't that circumvent um the intended process of the the public comment process um absolutely i actually hosted a uh I, we invited maybe 25 to 30 uh, nonprofit providers that will be doing the work. Uh, uh, we invited them to uh, a conversation to give them a, a kind of a heads up um, the day the item went public. Absolutely, we want to encourage them to give their support. Um, uh, but I think that uh, one of the great things about public comment is you can comment, you can e-comment. Uh, people, we, we've been receiving uh, emails, and so there's a lot of ways, obviously, of giving of giving your input. Um, and I think all the council members will tell you that they received a variety of comment. Um, from from email, from public comment, uh, from social media, and so we were uh, we will and we'll continue to receive comment. But I think that one of the great things about public comment is you can comment, you can e-comment. Oh my Fuck god, because we all know those Facebook and Twitter posts are changing the world. Fuck that Whoa. dude, bro. They have Fuck a digital dude. comment system on the agenda. You can like comment like it's Facebook. Do you think anybody oh fucking reads that? That dude, bro. Why the fuck would you read that? Yo, that's so undemocratic. Like, on the face of it, it's so undemocratic to be like, yo, man, let's have a process as a group. But, yo, I'm going to call my friends first and let them yeah. in and let them <laughs> influence everybody. All right? Then we're going to do it. And then I'm going to present it to the group. And then we're right. all in, right? Cool, cool. Let's go. And then, like, that's such bad faith. That's so <sighs> fucking undemocratic. And it's a power play. Yeah. Vote blue no matter who, though. Like, you know. Don't you? Right. Oh, you're Bernie, bro. Oh man, oh you want MAGA to win? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Can't criticize him. Like, come on. Simple. Yeah, and, and I, I think like it's like I, I think there may be reservations in organizations with more radical missions, um, to be more radical, 
But I even see that that can work out for our harm reductionist, you know, people on the left. Because if we're really radical, if we're pushing really hard, it may drive them into the hands of people that are asking for good reformist policies um, that would reduce a significant amount of harm, right? And then and then they could go to them and be like, "We did this," you know what I mean? To hopefully take the heat off from us, because um, that's you know the left needs that. We need really radical people to have direct bludgeoning tactics in a metaphorical way, so uh, it's not misinterpreted here. Um, to dr- to drive the people that we're demanding things from to do better things because if we just sit there and we beg them and we beg them and we beg them, they'll just give us the you know the Biden pat on the head. They'll give us the pat on the head and be like, "Oh yes, we like what you're saying. We listen to you." That's the that's the you know that's the we goal. hear you and we see you. That was the defund thing. Nope. I was fighting with my favorite uh, cowardly council member Rex Richardson on Twitter the other day. Because he's the only dipshit who who actually responds, which is, I, I, I don't know why. And this fucking asshole is out here being like, well, I'm sorry it doesn't fit your narrative that it's actually a shelter and not a prison. And it's like, oh, what are you going to do if they fucking extend it, man? Like, start a reconciliation process, yeah. start another fucking committee yeah. on me? Yeah. That's, that's so exposing, too, because to, to Libs, the narrative, narrative is more important than the material oh, reality. It is. Exactly. Fuck exactly. It is. It's like, okay, you fucking yeah. coward. Uh, try criticizing the, the, the Long Beach Police Officers Association even slightly. No. Oh, wait, you can't because you're afraid because you don't, you don't want afraid. them to fight you when you run for mayor in two years. He's fucking afraid. Black man to black man. That dude is afraid. He's af- I hear it in his voices. He's afraid. I hear it. I know it. He's afraid. He's scared. He bows to him. Fucking fetches and steps to fucking Luna. I hear it. I see it. It's evident. Fuck that dude. Why, you're nothing but a great big coward. <laughs> you're right. I am a cowardly lion. I haven't any courage at all. I spoke to my council person like a, like a week before this happened. And I didn't know, obviously, about anything. Uh, I spoke to her about like the translations still uh, during Which city one? council. Uh, Mungo, Stacey Mungo, uh, about the translations at city council. And she kept making the distinction. She's like, I agree with these criticisms and we should do things. And please don't let me in with the rest of city council. Like she was trying to keep making that distinction. <sighs> that like, Dude, yeah, that's yeah, the crazy I, thing. I, yeah. But I, the reactionaries, the out and out reactionaries, like someone like Mungo, like ironically, she keeps it a lot more real than those fucking liberals on there. She's just like, yeah, this is what I think. Yeah. Like she doesn't really yeah. lie to you that much. No. Nah. Uh-uh. She, she's a bullshit asshole. Like, I hate her. Yeah, yeah. Politics suck. Exactly. But she's not, like, always fucking, like, trying to ride the fence, you know? Yeah. I, I, I want to be a little more critical, because if she does have those positions, why doesn't she fight harder for them? Because, you know, and create contrast. That's exactly what I told her. That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what I told <laughs> good, her. Good, good, right? That's exactly that's the point. what I told her. We've kind of covered what's up with like you know our our favorite uh, insidious profit seeking nonprofits, the shitty city council, all that. But let's talk a little bit about like what is what has been the less response on this? 
the people we work with, the people who like don't fucking suck and aren't trying to make the buck. Okay, so yes, a statement was released. Uh, not here, not anywhere. The Long Beach statement. Um, and it's of course in response to uh, this, uh, as they call it, temporary facility for unaccompanied migrant children, concentration camp, prison. Uh, they identify a lot of the information we identified. Long Beach City Council's vote, the Health and Human Services, um, uh, to work with Health and Human Services to imprison children here in Long Beach. Um, many, 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 many people signed on to this. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna read them all. Read a few. Uh, some of the people we've talked about: Black Lives Matter, Long Beach, Long Beach Immigrant Rights Coalition, uh, Gabriela Southbay, Filipino Migrant Center, Long Beach Forward. The list goes on. There are many people signed on to this, and I believe uh, our chapter will be signing on to it too. Um, there are a few demands that they made, and I'm going to really cover demands because I think that those are very uh, substantive. Um, they demand transparency, the statement. Uh, we want to we be able to look in the cages. We want to see what the kitchen, conditions are. Um, demand the facility be temporary and closed within 90 days. I think we've covered already that uh, that most likely will not be the material reality. If it is, holy shit. But uh, I think there's a lot of examples that that has not been the case. Um, we demand all children be reunited, reunited with their families in an ex expeditious uh, manner. Uh, they demand that the facility does not increase ICE or police presence in our communities. How is That's that possible? Yeah, how's how is that possible? It, it just it's yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it's a, it's a good demand. <laughs> uh, we don't want more ICE here. Um, but even, you know, we've been a sanctuary city for a long while, declaratively a sanctuary city in name, still ice presence here. Um, and there's uh, questions about cooperation between the ice and police. Um, demand five, they demand the facility ensure the safety of all unaccompanied immigrant children. I think historically also, this is shown to be not the case in many facilities, sexual harassment, physical abuse inappropriate health care being provided to children. Um, we demand that the si elected city leaders act in a manner consistent with that of a declared sanctuary city and unapologetically condemn the U.S. policies that have led to the arrival of unaccompanied minors at our nation's border. And I am going to just express my opinion here. They voted yes. They clearly and unambiguously said, fuck sanctuary city. We're putting child prisoners here. Uh, the statement calls for a few things uh, from local and federal officials to end the practice of holding children in large-scale influx facilities, including military bases, rescind the Title 42 border closure, and fully restore access to asylum at our borders, including at ports of entry and ensuring unaccompanied minors have immediate and consistent access to legal counsel, child advocates, and interpretation services. In situations where children arrive without a parent or legal guardian, establish a process with the, of, with the Department of Health and Human Services at the border to more quickly identify and vet family or sponsors uh, to whom children can be released without the use of influx facilities. In cases where a sponsor cannot be quickly identified within 72 hours, prior to a small-scale, non-restrictive settings for unaccompanied children in facilities licensed for childcare and run by trusted community-based non-profits. To tie back a little bit to what... Uh... Just for the context here, Robert Garcia did say in, in a tweet and press conference, we want to use this as a model for other cities. So they addressed that in this letter by saying, 
These type of facilities should not be seen as a model to be replicated by other cities because they are being used to make detention centers more palatable. Welcoming asylum seekers and immigrants should mean removing anti-immigrant policies that have exacerbated an already unjust immigration system and prevented family reunification for millions of migrants in this country. Welcoming asylum seekers, refugees, and immigrants should also mean addressing the political, social, and economic conditions that created and exacerbated these crises in the first place. Imperialist policies are undeniably the root cause of these issues. Uh, the undersigned organizations will continue to advocate for the release of immigrants under the custody of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Oh, weird. What is that? What does Immigration and Customs Enforcement <laughs> stand for? Uh, we do not support these centers becoming long term or the new norm. Family unification must be prioritized. The undersigned Long Beach based organizations will work to connect families and the children who stay in Long Beach to the Long Beach Justice Fund and to ensure they have access to free legal representation. Because uh, unaccompanied minors do not have legal representation. You can have a situation, and it happens every day, where a three-year-old is sat down in front of a judge and deported. Uh, we will continue to advocate for the abolition of detention centers as a part of the larger parcel system that harms all of us. We will continue to fight for the reunification of all immigrant families. And then it's signed by a lot of left groups in Long Beach, which, you know, we've, we've talked about some, but not all. Well, like, it comes to, like, now we're like, okay, what do we do? You know, talking as like us three here right. on this podcast, us as DSA, Long Beach, as an org. Like, what do we do? What can we do? We obviously don't have the power to stop it. We didn't have the power to stop it. Signing on to this letter as a sign of solidarity, I think, is a good thing. Because most of the people in town who would even <laughs> have a political conversation with us <coughs> are persuadable. So if they're down right. as a point of solidarity. You know, it's good to be down. And and part of the reason why I was like, yo, let me do some research is to be like, yo, it's education. Because a lot of these numbers, like, you know, it's in my think I know them. But when you read some of these numbers and that gives it a different scope. And I hope that's what uh, that was my goal in trying to do all this. Just educate the chapter a little bit about what's going on and educate myself because I didn't know what was going on, you know. And for whoever's going to listen to this, to know that, yo, this happened April 2021. So, and we hear and we saw it and we're educating folks about it. And then to strategize, to see like, yo, who caused this? City council allowed it. And then what can we do about city council? And that's when it comes to what we were talking about before, a threat to your office, a threat to your job. And that's it. In my opinion, like those that's what we can do that would not seem like just you know marching for marching's sake i i think i think something that they do mention and i i think our chapter is really into is abolition um i think you know it there's a lot of people that discourage like very lofty goals very lofty targets um and i can understand that it's like why why create a target or goal that really we have very little control over affecting um personally i see it i see it a little differently I, I see those goals as really this ultimate reminder this ultimate roadmap of of where we're trying to go and to me some of the some big big goals that i believe we do really need to embrace and make a common refrain um one of our comrades in our chapter um started a no new slaves project and in terms of what that's talking about it's talking about the the basically the parts of our constitutions that still permit slavery in this country, slavery in prisons. 
Um, and, you know, we might, you know, we might be sitting there thinking, like, how did we get to imprison millions of people in this country? How come we had a situation where we looked at people coming to this country for their well-being and their livelihood and we said, let's throw them in prisons? Well, I mean, that's the only place we can have slavery anymore. Um, I don't I don't know that um, these these migrant prisoners are being used for involuntary servitude. I don't think I've heard that or being enslaved. But like we have a situation in this country where we have many prisons where that is the case. And and I think that to me, I really want to see a call out of this lofty goal, not necessarily to be like, we're going to achieve this tomorrow, but to be like, look, this is this is where we're trying to head. We're trying to head towards the abolition of slavery, the fire, like like that and more. Um, because people might hear abolition and be like, well, what is that? I know that some people, you know, there was a lot of discourse around like, what does defund mean? And everyone and a lot of people came up with different ideas for what defund did mean. And I think it could be the same circumstance with abolition, like abolition of the carceral state. What if someone doesn't even know what the carceral state is? I think like it's really beneficial for us to say, we're about abolition. What does that mean? Oh, it, it means abolishing the clause in the 13th Amendment that allows for enslavement as punishment for a crime. And it also means abolishing any amendments in state constitutions, which allow the, th the same. California has a clause in its state co constitution that allows that. Because, um, you know, we, we can organize all we want at the city level, but the city doesn't have that clause, right? The city doesn't, isn't accountable for a lot of the prisons in the state. That requires organizing at the state level. I think, you know, I think like, we gotta we gotta identify these difficult to get objectives uh, and goals, and that are very specific because people get that people get the specifics. Yeah, like you know that's part of the education, like putting all this in a digestible form to be like, hey, this is what your local socialist has to say about the fuckery going on in your town. You know. You know, I I agree. Um, I think. You know, my view on like things like public statements is, to be quite honest, what I've learned is that uh, this is not harsh, but kind of like it doesn't don't really give a shit. Like they don't read the statements, and by people, I mean like the general public. I don't even know if like council members do. Probably, I mean these people most of them are fucking morons. Who knows? I guess my point is, is like you say, it's it's really about ironically us. Like where are we going? What are we trying to do? It's yeah. like almost like. Like, it's handy because it's like all these organizations sign on and now including DSA. And it kind of gives us like a like we have this this it's like a written agreement almost like yeah, we're yeah. not bound by it necessarily, you know, mm -hmm. but it's right. like this is what we want together. And I just the problem is, I feel like this is great. This statement is good. I, I have some issues with I feel like it's bargaining and accepting the premise, but like whatever. The point is, in my mind, a lot of liberals in this in Long Beach, I think most general people have totally bought this. And I don't want to protest for yep. protest sake. I think looking at larger term solutions of like, you know, like running people to replace city council members is awesome. But I think there's no way you can nail these council members on this issue right now or in a few years because people view it as good. They don't really realize what the fuck this is or don't care. And I really feel like the, I, we don't want to just march for marching sake. But I feel like if there was ever a time for direct action to get attention, it's literally this issue. You know? Oh, yeah. Definitely, it's not marching for marching's sake, but like you said, that document is like a statement of agreement upon these orgs, right? And like you said, it's not, I agree 100%, it's not about like outfacing. It's more about these documents face in towards these orgs. So now we have this document, 
And then we'll move forward from that. Because, yeah, direct action, I agree 100%, is needed. But tied to this document to be like, yo, we, we gave you a statement. And y'all just probably didn't even read it. And now the level of escalation could begin. You know, this is like the beginning of the level of escalation. True, right. As Iwaiwei says, you must go through a corrupt system before. Exactly. We shut but down. But to me, Long Beach. to me, being out in front of that convention center is like three. You know, like it's really not that like confrontational. Like this, we've done this all the time. You know, like I, I mean, I think I think there's also something to be said in terms of tactics of like what what is commensurate, right? Like what what what's an appropriate response to the transgression? In this case, the imprisonment of children in migrant children with pretty much no resources in Long Beach. So I, I think to me, like you talking about direct action at the convention center, like I think that's a good place to start because it feels commensurate to what's what's happened or equal to sort of the transgression uh, and the and the harm of what is happening. There has been some good points brought up, like we don't want to be lumped in with um, fascists that come to protest it. Personally, I'm I don't. I, I understand that, but I'm not as concerned that that would happen. Uh, what do you any thoughts from y'all about that? Like I was just about to ask about that. Like it, I don't know much. Yeah, I don't know like who's gonna show up, how many numbers are gonna show up, and what they're gonna do. Like you know, I don't know. Right, well, it depends on an unknown. That that assumption depends exactly, on an unknown. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. Everyone keeps talking about that. They keep saying the fascists are going to show up and protest this thing because Trump people hate it, which I find ironic because it's like literally this is what Trump wanted to do was like stick these kids in fucking warehouses anyway. So like anyway, <laughs> like the, um, I don't know this why is like the, the Trump, Trump administration people... could only dream of dropping this shit in California, right? Yeah. 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 That's a great point. That's a great um, point, Jordan. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think today. Sunday, this as of this recording, there is a like massive. I don't know about, but there's a there's a Huntington Beach White Lives Matter protest. You know the usual assholes, whatever. Uh, we know they do this all the time down there. Not to say it's good or should be ignored, but like we know that game, right? Uh, I've heard nothing about the Long Beach Convention Center or Trump people showing up there. Like, I, I call me crazy, but people keep just like saying like we got to be careful about direct action because the fascists might be there. But I've heard like absolutely nothing substantiative about them actually when they're going to show up, right. where they're going to like. If the if we hear they're gonna do a thing, like I don't want to be there at the same time for obvious reasons, because like a I don't want the police tear gas me for like being mean to the fascists, which they will do. Yeah, and B I don't give a shit. That's their fucking problem to st- hold right. them out of the building. Like same with the Capitol, except there's actually something in here worth protecting children, right? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> like, like fuck you. This is your problem. Like, yeah, fascists showed up. Like, right. Like, not and, to say and, you shouldn't have done it just because of the fascists, but like yeah. I'm not gonna solve your I, issue I, there i want to wonder too how much of this is just like risk aversion like I, I think we've like well well i think all, all three of us here have been in some decently risky situations right. um direct actions are always risky they're always risky you don't know what's going to happen the day of you don't know how it's going to go you don't know if cops are going to come you don't know if there's going to be some crazy guy who wants to run you over yeah. like there are inherent risks related to participating politically in the world in a material way in this case, the material way is you risk your body, you risk your life and limb. And um, I think that child prisoners is a valid reason to risk life and limb. Uh, and if you don't, then you and I don't align so much. Yeah. And it's just 
to be like, yo, fascists are gonna be there, stay away, is like that no. I'm sorry. Like no. And by fascist you mean fucking Uncle fucking Jake who has a SUV and who lives in a fucking McMansion in Orange County? Nah. I'm not scared of Uncle Jake. Fuck that dude. Well also, I mean to be honest with you, a big reason I, I well, I mean, we know why we're hesitant to go down to Orange County to pick a fight with them because, you yeah. know, uh, there was Long Beach folks who did that. And then, you know, one of the organizers, you know, got surrounded by Trump organizers because they weren't prepared. Big surprise. And like ran over someone with their car. And now they're sitting in prison. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, this is our fucking territory, so to speak. Like, like if fascists are going to show up, why should we be afraid? Does that make sense? Like exactly, yeah. it Fuck does them. make sense. It yeah, does make we sense. don't engage. Like I'm not. We're not saying, yo, let's form a line and start marching towards the fascists. Then, like, let's directly engage them in like thought and like amp it up and make a fight out of it. No, like fuck them. Literally, I, I, this right. is not to decry like anti-fascist, say anti-fa tactics of like confronting them and fighting that's them. Like they, totally. But in this case, it's like, yeah, I'm right. If, yeah, when that's when that's warranted for sure. But in this case, it's like, dude, this is like, like, we're kind of just, we don't have to, you know, in, in yeah. this specific case, because it's like, we're not, it's not like the Trump admin is running this. The fucking liberals are running this. Yeah. They, I mean, we, like, in my opinion, we can't let unknowns prevent us from acting. Yep. It's, it's not proactive. The only way. We're really, and from my position, the only, the, the best way, maybe not the only way, but the best way to win what we want, we got to be proactive. We can't let the what ifs prevent us from taking material action. So, yeah, we got some work to do ahead of us. We got to educate folks. And our direct action working committee has <laughs> a lot of work to do around. A lot us. of people signed up to it, too. Redacted, like redacted. Folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we close out here, I just wanted to touch on the fact that there are people. I don't want to make it seem like we're the be all end all DSA or even the people who signed this letter yeah. are the be all end all of this because on Saturday, people fucking did go out there. Um, I only heard about this at like the very, very last minute, but uh, there's a Long Beach Post article here and uh, it seemed like a lot of like, I don't know exactly what this together. It's a little opaque. It just seems like fairly organic, but like a lot of like native groups and native folks were out there. Uh, they went out there, dude. They like held the signs. They said they want access to the facility. They like, you know, were being loud, and it was actually perfect because all the vaccine people are like sitting in line and have to see them, right, for a very long period. Uh, and then they went and blocked ocean uh traffic for like fifteen minutes. Sound familiar? God, so that is brilliant. And and all I can say is it's like, who owns protest? Who really owns protest? I. Nobody does. That's what it comes down to. So good on them. Good on them for going out. I think actually the start, if I recall correctly, of what happened over the summer in Long Beach, you know, was just a, a rando posting a call to action on social media. Oh, my God. I and, remember we hit them up and we were like, who are you? And they were like, uh, just me. They were like, yeah, they yeah, had I no involvement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was great. So, I was like, cool. Sometimes, I, you know, I just feel like, you know, this organ, this this organizational obsession is is detrimental. Especially considering if they disrupt the vaccine thing, the cops are just going to use a fucking rocket launcher on them. Like, they people gotta people gotta get back to the bars, man. That's the city's number one priority right now. Word. I mean, get vaccinated. I mean, get vaccinated. slip. I I think that's gonna wrap us out. Yeah. 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 I'll that do was that a good intro, one. I guess. Well, bad topic. 
good episode. Dark. I feel like that's energy. true with a lot of our episodes. Look, I'd like to say that this is an upsetting development, but really, this has been the entire history of the U.S. Empire. Um, pretty sad situation. Um, so, in your community, I think I think it can be easy to, easy to become alienated from the harm and damage and death and destruction of U.S. foreign policy and how it affects us here and and other people disproportionately terribly affects black and brown people here and abroad um so it's don't forget don't become alienated remember that the u.s empire is committing atrocities committing terrible acts and continue organizing see how you can organize locally see how you can organize at the state see how you can organize at the federal level um to abolish these terrible systems and institutions um yeah, yeah. T- tough conversation today. Terrible issue going on. But uh, I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. This is Miles. And I'm Vic. I'm Jordan. And don't forget to ask yourself wait, why, why am, I am I talking? I talking? Nice. 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 nice.